Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cocciolillo, and today we have Jason Hewlett. He is a paranormal investigator, and he is working with Peter Wren of Vancouver Paranormal Society. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me on, Gary. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite topics. You know, with the paranormal, there's so many different angles that to cover. Um, so, you know, the first question I always ask any paranormal investigator is what you got you interested in the paranormal? And um, did you have any paranormal experiences that, that got you into it? Well, yeah, I think it, it's definitely um, the paranormal experience is what kind of piqued my interest of it. Um, I was always, as, as a kid, I was, a, you know, I, I liked scary story. What kid doesn't really, right? Even though it keeps us up at night, but I like scary stories and scary <laughs> movies and whatnot. But I always felt a real sensitivity like to, to the dark. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, there's always, I felt like something was there and in it. Um, and then I, when I was kind of about five or six uh, in that range, I remember uh going with my mom to pick up a friend who's going to come over for a sleepover and we were parked you know on the street and my friend was in the house getting packed up and my mom was talking to his mom and i was sitting in the car uh just kind of waiting and i remember the street was empty it was like you know mid-afternoon and i remember kind of looking around and i went looked up and there's no one around and i looked at the back window and then suddenly this face appeared in the window looking at me and it was a it was shocked me and it was like weird scary mongoloidish kind of face um and one second it was there and one second it wasn't. It was just gone. And I kind of dove to the floor of the car in the back seat and, and kind of went up and looked around and there was nobody there. And then my friend sort of walked up and I'm like, were you just sort of messing around outside the car? And he's like, no, no, I just got here. Uh, and that really stuck with me and it really rattled me. And it's kind of even to this day, I mean, I'm 48. So you're talking like a good 40 plus uh -huh. years ago. I could still, I can still visualize that face uh, in, in my mind. Did, did um, that, that was the first thing. Did that house have like a reputation or anything? And did you um, ask your friend about it? Not that I was aware of. I'd been in the house before. You know what I mean? It was, you know, I'd been babysat there and I never had anything happen. That was like the first time anything like that happened. Um, and it was out on the street. You know what I mean? Like yeah. The face had appeared like in the car window. It was just bizarre. Um, so I couldn't explain it. Uh, always stuck with me. Um, and then many years later, probably when I was in my early teens, uh, we're up here in Canada and we, we had a, my parents had a cabin on a lake. So I spent a lot of the time running around in the woods and a buddy of mine would be a frequent guest. And we'd, my parents, we were, you know, they weren't helicopter parents. It was like, you know, the eighties. Right. So they just kind of let us do whatever we wanted. And we were coming back late after like a hike and adventure in the woods. And we always take the same path to the cabin and then into the trees and back. And on the way back, we were just sort of joking around looking and underneath one of the trees that we'd always passed, I saw this little fire pit and this little lean to with a bone in it, like a picked clean bone, but all small, like, you know, I don't know, doll size almost is what it looked like. And it, we just thought that really strange because we didn't notice anything on the walk up. We're seeing it on the walk down. It looked like it had been there for a while. The sun's setting. We started to get kind of freaked out by it and we just screw it. We're going back. We're going home back to the cabin. <laughs> we talked about it off and on all night. So the next morning when we got up, it's like, let's go take a look at it. And we ran back to that tree. 
and there was no sign any of that was there. It, there's even pine needles all over the ground. Like it hadn't even been disturbed. Yeah, no that's idea. That's pretty weird. That was weird. Uh, that's one. That's something I've never been able to explain. And you know, I have friends that are Aboriginal, and they 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 talk about you know the little people in the woods and stuff like that. It's just one of the many beliefs. So I'm like, who knows? <laughs> but that, those are two things that really kind of was that in Canada. That's up here in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I had um, interviewed a Bigfoot researcher from Vancouver. Oh, and, which, what was his name? Do you know? Uh, Tom Seawood. Tom Seawood. I've heard the name. Yeah, he, does a, he does a Sasquatch tour up there. Okay. Um, if you look up his website, his website is called Sasquatch Island. Okay. I'll definitely check that. I've heard, I've heard of, I think he's even been in the news. Maybe he was the guy that was trying to get the government to declare it an endangered species. I yeah. That, that, was pro- that may have been him. Yeah. That rings a bell. And, um, and he was telling me like, you know, there's Bigfoot and then there's like some other creature that the, the natives up there believe in. Yeah. I forget what it was called. It's something that I can't pronounce, but. Yeah, oh yeah, there's there's a few actually. One of them is like they call just call them the little people. They're almost like little, you know, like Dobby the house elf kind of things <laughs> that that are around. And there's like the the the, the mimics that will um, actually lure you into the woods by sounding like someone you know or like a baby. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what he mentioned. Yep. Further and further out into the sticks until it's too late and you can't figure out how to get back, and then they get you right. Yeah. Take it to the other side, kind of thing. So there's I that was the, the only thing I can think of. Like when I told my one. Uh, Aboriginal buddy about it. He's like, dude, that was the little people, man. <laughs> like, they weren't getting back to the cave in time, so they're going to camp out. And I'm like, well, I'm glad we missed them because I don't know what I'd have done if I'd seen that, if it's even true. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. one of those things, though, that I could not explain. And that those two incidents has really kind of kicked off an interest that I kind of casually pursued for a number of years. Um, no matter yeah. where I'd go, if I could find a Bigfoot book or something, I'd buy it and read it. You know, that kind of thing, uh-huh. those story collections. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool, though, because I, I talked to a lot of paranormal researchers. And only I haven't talked to one that is kind of believes in, you know, something like the little people or just, you know, what what I would probably just consider them as as elemental spirits. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's kind of what it is. If, if, you know, I always like look at it like I, like I'm open-minded. Right. Uh, So I kind of, I want to believe all this stuff, but I always like to keep a healthy level of skepticism. But when you hear like, you know, cultures like the Aboriginal culture, and it's all over North America, and enough of it gels to me, their legends and belief that there's got to be something to it. So yeah, an elemental spirit in the woods, right? Like, why wouldn't there be something out there? Yeah, Um, exactly. If a human can, you know, have an apparition, you know, why can't some type of plants or whatever have a type of consciousness in their own apparitions? Or, or animals, right? Like yeah, bears and deer. Exactly. And it would make sense to me. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I find it's this fascinating, fascinating kind of kind of subject. Um, and I've always been interested in, in all aspects of it as opposed to, you know, like some people that they're paranormal investigators. Well, you know, they just, it's just ghosts and that's it. And they don't look into anything or UFOs. I kind of find all of it really fascinating to me. Um, some of it's easier to investigate than others. So with Vancouver yes. Paranormal, we kind of stick to ghosts, right? Like it's just uh-huh. the way we do it. Um, you know, with, with sort of the show that, that Peter and I do, we, we try, we're trying to look into branch out and look into other aspects of the supernatural as best we can. But it certainly isn't, isn't as easy as, you know, piggybacking on a residential investigation or anything like that. No, no. But I do think um with unexplained phenomena ufos bigfoot paranormal um altered states of consciousness 
I think they're probably all connected somehow. I agree. I'm actually, uh, I kind of subscribe to like John Keel's theory of this sort of being a very natural thing with the, that exists around us and it's all interconnected somehow. Um, there's all just sort of the same beings that present themselves in different ways. Like I really like that. It's a good way to make sense. And they're kind of through on a dimension parallel to ours. You know what I mean? Cause science, yeah. science is showing that there's multiple dimensions already and various timeline possibilities. So it's not out of the realm of what I could accept as a solution. Um, Cause people, you're, you know, they've been seeing UFOs and, and, and Bigfoots and everything for hundreds of years back to the bi- biblical times. Right. Right. So there's gotta be something to it. Right. And, and even our own existence, the fact that we exist is kind of spooky considering, you know, matter is mostly empty space. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so in a way we're kind of ghostly too. Well, we are. And it's funny that you mentioned that, that it's kind of a strange that we even exist. Cause it's, you know, as you get deeper into life, you really ponder what the heck you're doing here. You know, it, it, it takes a year like this to show us that maybe we haven't been living to our full potential, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we've been kind of squandering what we've been doing. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, we're matter and energy. That's all we are. So when it comes to explaining things like a ghost to me, well, if we're all made of energy, when we die, that energy has got to go somewhere. And who's to say that it doesn't just disperse out into the Earth's electromagnetic field anyways, and just stay there sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And play back in some form. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, now we're getting into a whole other area of topic. If you want it. It, it is interesting though, because like like some people will be very cynical about like, oh, you believe in spirits? Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, you know, it, it, it's really not much different than be- believing that other people exist. Yeah, <laughs> because in a way, we are ghosts. Exactly. No, you're right. That that's, that that makes perfect sense. And and you know, people exist that we've never met, and then they pop into your life, and you're like, "Where did you come from?" You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know you existed 30 seconds ago, right? Right. Um, and, and just consciousness is weird and unexplainable. I mean, we can't even explain ga- we can't even explain gravity yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let alone dark matter or or you know any any I yeah it, it, this is kind of getting bit out of my realm of expertise, but I agree with you. Like even here's an example of something that weird in terms of consciousness. I was asleep last night and uh, we have a cat and like literally a microsecond, I was dreaming and literally a microsecond before the cat jumped on the bed, something in my dream went boo. And then bang, the cat landed on the bed and woke me up. <laughs> how did I know? How did, how did I know subconsciously the cat was coming? You know what I mean? But it was almost like that preparing to surprise me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I woke well, up because it, Something said boo, and then something hit the bed. <laughs> the or, or the cat was using telepathy. May, I, who knows, maybe. And she was just trying to freak me out, right? <laughs> She's <laughs> old and prone to like playing tricks on people. So, yeah, like there's so much that goes on that we don't understand. And I think when people kind of do look at people like you and me, Gary, that then think we're kind of strange. It's like, well, like, but we're, you know, we're not, we're not, we're just curious about what's really going on out there. And I think people who are afraid to ask that question and look or dismiss every cryptid sighting as a bear or, or whatever, they're just scared of the possibility that there's more to their world than what they're comfortable knowing about. And what they're comfortable yeah. knowing about is literally what's within their realm of control, you know, yeah. that they can see and feel and touch. But there's so much more going on uh, all around us all the time, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think it's just, like my opinion is, is not just out there, but it's, it's inside of us too. Um, like, um, I got to do a lot of interviews with people who've had like, you know, near death experiences and out of body experiences and stuff like that. I mean, again, that's like us 
you know, leaving a physical form and becoming something else. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And that's the big question, right? Like with death, like what, what does happen? Where do we go? Everyone wants to know, um, you know, and, and, and have, there's so many different theories. There's the people that believe nothing and you just disappear. I have a hard time grasping that because so much of life is a subjective experience. Mm -hmm. How does it just stop? You know, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, how does it just stop? I, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's a, if I believe in like a heaven or a hell and all that, but I definitely think that that something happens on that next part, you know, something switches over in our brain and who knows what happens. But I think that's part of what drives people like myself and you and Peter, just to kind of keep looking into this and exploring and talking about it. Interesting. Um, so uh, when you go out investigating, like, like what is your methodology? Do you use uh, different types of equipment? Uh, do you use mediums? How do you go about it? We do. It's it's a very much, especially because we're we're an organized, we're a registered government society, right? Uh, not for profit, and we have very strict rules, got not rules, but guidelines to how we do it. So the first thing when we're approached, be it a, for a residential investigation, or you know, at a commercial property, right? Right. Um, we there's sort of a, a preamble to it, a line of questioning, and almost like a little bit of research and investigation is done because we want to make sure that what's happening isn't in the person's imagination, that they're not making it up, that they're not looking for attention, that it's not really a mental health issue or an addiction issue. Yes. Uh, so we want to kind of rule all that out before we even go in. Because, uh, you know, I would argue 95% of the time, nothing's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's really just one part imagination or, or, or drug. You know, and there's so many things that play into it. Uh, one big thing is I think some people just want there to be a ghost in their house. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? think it's cool they've watched it on tv etc so we do all that and once we've kind of ruled out everything else then then we're willing to go in and do kind of a preliminary investigation we interview the, the people in their home they get take us on a tour um and then we kind of set up to do our investigation uh, and we use primarily digital recorders <clears throat> is a big one cameras both video and and uh, static uh, or still cameras and then uh, we will use a spirit box a device called a spirit box as well. And those are kind of the big three. We also use laser grids. Okay. Um, and those are kind of the primary that we use on, on pretty much every, the meat and potatoes is the digital recorder, mm -hmm. obviously for EVPs. And then we use the, the spirit box is something we've been using a little bit more and having some luck with. So we'll do our investigation, often asking the homeowner or the business owner not to be there because we don't want their experience to influence what we're experiencing. And then we kind of go off and we do our evidence review, which typically takes about two weeks. And then we present that back uh, to the person who called us in. Uh, what are some of the um, interesting pieces of evidence that you've captured? A lot, a lot of EVPs I've, I've found interesting. And, and we kind of, with the EVPs, it's not like a yes or no answer that we're looking for. We want something substantial. So we'll try to get as much information as we can before going in about the place so we can ask specific questions so we can get an answer. Um, like just the other day we were at a, at a village council office uh, in a community near us, which is basically like a city hall. And it used to be a hospital. And there was a doctor that used to work there by the name of George, I think George Snaff, Snaffs or something like that. And he, he had died and people had been thinking they'd been seeing him. So we did sort of ask our line of questioning and we actually got a response to who, you know, what is your name as a George in the building? So that we take with more weight than, you know, did you used to work here? Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, 
that kind of thing. And when we use the spirit box, and it can be quite controversial because you're literally tuning into multiple AM, FM radio frequencies. So you'd be really careful about getting what you hear because it could just be literally be a broadcast. Yes. Or yeah. someone on CB, right? Yeah. I used so, to make, we used to make our own with uh, little handheld radios. No way, really? You could, yeah, there's a way to rewire it to make it automatically keep scanning all the frequencies. That's cool, man. I didn't know you could make them. <laughs> that would be fun. I, I don't even know if they sell those radios. I used to buy them at Radio Shack, and it was real easy to do. Okay. I, I, haven't, I, know, I haven't even looked at it in a Radio Shack for so long, or whatever it's called now, the source, right? Yeah. Now you can just buy a spirit box. Like, literally, it's built... It's up to the SP7 or something right now. But when we kind of take the answers, again, it's, it's like a, it's a legitimate, it's like a, it's a answer in relation to a question that we're asking. And we, we, like, we accept the ones when you know, the, you know, the static stops and you hear a voice. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of take that with some more weight. And we've had voices come up on, on our investigations where you can tell it's the same, same spirit, person, whatever, talking. And they're actually really interacting with the questions that we're asking. Um, that kind of thing. So I, it's been pretty cool. Like some EVPs, we've got pictures as well. Like Peter's captured on, on film, like pictures of an apparition and he uses, you know, a specific camera with like a crystal lens. So it doesn't absorb, you know, it doesn't reflect the light. You know what I mean? So uh -huh. you can't get like lens flares or anything like that to cause it. Um, and then I've heard, I've actually heard like voices in a place where there was just us and it uh -huh. wasn't one of us uh, talking. And, you know, heard, heard, you know, the footsteps, et cetera. Um, those are more personal experiences because you're not documenting them, but right. I've heard it. Um, so those are kind of the, the, on average, the things that we get. Um, it's not like, you know, as you know, it's not like, you know, in a movie where people get picked up and chucked around rooms. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it, yeah. <laughs> it, my, 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 my experiences um, doing investigations weren't like really extraordinary experiences. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't happen. Um, I, I'm sure people do get touched and stuff like that, but oh, it's yeah. never happened to me. Yeah, I've, the, the closest I've come is I, I got pulled into a door. <laughs> like I was opening a door. I'd just come through. We were at a, a local sanitarium that had long since been closed. And it, because where, where I live up in Kamloops, you get pretty harsh winters and a lot of snow. So the sanitarium had tunnel systems connecting the different buildings. And that, I think that's not uncommon, actually, at a lot of facilities. And I'd come through one of the tunnels and into a main area to go upstairs to the main floor. We decided to cut back through the tunnel and I turned around and I opened the door and got it three quarters or halfway open. And then the door just slammed shut with enough force that it pulled me off my feet. You know, and I'm six one, about a 180, 185, depending mm -hmm. on the day. So something did that with force. There was no airflow down there. There was no chain on the door. There was, you know, that's the closest I've come to anything super dramatic happening to me where I've actually felt like, whoa, like scared. Like really, yeah, most of the time you just had this neat, you know what I mean? But that was scary. That's impressive. Yeah. So you see, that's something I would want to experience. You do, uh, you do. And then you, when it happens, you, you wish it hadn't <laughs> sometimes. Cause well. it's, but it's in my mind, it's really enforced that there is something there. Cause that, that happened to me. I know that happened. Someone else saw it and it, they, they screamed and ran out of the room. Like it, but it happened. It's not like you, you can't go and say, Oh, it's a deep fake or someone messed with the audio or it's like that happened. Like I know it happened. Um, so it cemented to me a belief that there's definitely something out there that uh -huh. interacts with us and we can interact with it. Um, do you do anything else uh, other than just document evidence? 
that's primarily where we're at now is, is document the evidence and present it back. Um, we're starting to play around with a few other techniques now, um, like the, again, you know, the Gansfield experiment, um, which is where you're kind of, you've got white noise uh-huh. and you're, you're, you're blindfolded and there's a red light on you and it's all just supposed to alter your consciousness. So you could kind of pick up on what's going on around you. Um, again, it's more of a personal experience. We'll videotape that. And just as you see it, you talk about whatever you're seeing. Um, and it's kind of, I, I don't, it's not really an evidence documenting, but it, it's kind of almost like trying to interact or absorb yourself in the experience of that right. environment that you're in. And that's pretty trippy. I've done yeah. it once. It was, I've always, it was really that's another one I've always wanted to try. I, I would uh, definitely do it. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's kind of like, you, it, yeah, it, it doesn't really hurt you. It tires you out really quick. But uh, it was just kind of neat to do that because you almost kind of feel like you're picking up on the vibe of that environment um, and even seeing things like it's it's yeah, it's almost like altering your your, your mental state at the time. Have you ever done like um, like in um, oh, what's this show? I don't know. I always forget the name of the show. That show is Zach. Where do you oh. do where do you do like this? Like they'll lock somebody in for a little while by themselves. No, no. No, we haven't done that. I know I, I, I used to, it was a paranormal lockdown, uh, that one with Nick Groff. Uh, oh. <laughs> they would do that too, right? We haven't done yeah. that. I think it'd be great to do that. Um, but it's get, finding a place that'll let you. <laughs> so I think part of it as well, right? Like it's most places we're only able to go for, you know, five, six hours tops just because, you know, it's a business or someone lives there and they don't want you to <laughs> stay all night kind of thing but i think i'd love to be able to have the opportunity to go to a place and just spend a, a long time and uh, yeah even spend a night the full overnight i think would be so cool to do that and i i think we're kind of getting to the point where that's happening with covid it's making it tough anyways right now <laughs> to get out into as many places um so we've been lucky to even be able to keep investigating at times and filming but uh yeah there's, there's so many different things to try um i think it'd be cool to try them all eventually <laughs> <laughs> and um like i know you're all it says in here that you're also interested in uh cryptids yes uh i i just think the whole concept of, like we live uh, two hours from Kelowna, which is where ogopogo mm-hmm. uh, is supposed to reside you know i've been to loch ness you know i i, I live in an area that's te- very much considered bigfoot country uh, i think it's it's really a fascinating subject because then you're Again, you're getting into a whole different realm of possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are these? Like, how could a, a, a sea creature exist in a, in a body of water like a lake and never be found? What are people seeing? Is it, is it like you said, like an elemental spirit mm-hmm. of something? You know, is Bigfoot tied into UFO phenomenon or is he really just a flesh and blood monster, right? Or is he like, right. like the, the, the First Nations believe like a forest spirit that protects the land? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's all fascinating uh, stuff. And we, when we were doing our, our web series, we actually just finished wrapping a bunch of episodes where we went out on Bigfoot hunts, hoping to catch or not catch, but find something. Uh, and that did was just, you? We got Woodnocks on film, which I thought was neat. Because mm-hmm. um, Woodnocks are a big part of the mythology. And we were, we'd gone to this lake where a guy who would go fishing there, he'd been fishing there for 20 years. And every time he went out on the lake, he'd go out in the boat, and he'd get to an end of the lake where he'd start to hear these knocks, like these three knocks, and they'd come in succession, like one, two, three, 
there'd be a pause and then one, two, three for as long as he was fishing or hanging out in that part of the lake. And then when he'd leave, the knocks would stop. So we went up there with him and we kind of went out to that spot. We went out on the lake and over to this part where he was hearing these knocks and uh, one of the crew stayed behind. Unfortunately, there were these other people sort of out fishing there and we didn't hear anything. And we hung out forever, man, like just waiting to hear these knocks. <laughs> we didn't get it. So for the first time ever for this gentleman, the fisherman, I'm like, we're going to go on shore and take a look around. We did. So he set foot for the first time on that kind of peninsula in the 20 years he'd been up there. And we even tried some knocks to get the attention. Nothing. Got back in the boat, started making our way across. And then Sean, who who's stayed behind, is like, I did you hear the knocks? And I'm like, what do you we're like, what do you mean? He's like, I heard them, but they were coming from over to the here, like on his side of the lake. Um, which I thought was so typical. If it's Bigfoot, it's so typically Bigfoot, right? <laughs> like, <they're laughs> looking for him, him, but he's not there. He's circled around and is over on the other side, like, ha, suckers. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. it was neat, but he Sean had the wherewithal to pull out, you know, his camera and start shooting and we got it on the audio so oh, that's cool i thought that was really neat that was really really neat that was quite an adventure um the fact that the boat was slowly sinking <clears throat> the whole time was oh awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was an old boat that had been there for 40 years probably right and made out of wood not sealed properly so you just had to let it sit in the water for the wood to expand enough to see, create a seal it just wasn't doing that though for some reason it was kind of interesting uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we only had one paddle so we had to use a shovel as the other paddle so it was it was pretty it was a lot of fun <laughs> it was a good time <laughs> um so have you have you talked to anybody who has seen a squatch up there yeah actually someone i know uh he's, he is an aboriginal friend of mine he's seen sasquatch two or three times and so we talked to him and got him to explain his experiences. Um, and of course, as, like I said, as an Aboriginal, he, he has there's a whole other belief system to that. But he got one of their calls. He was able to record it on his phone because he was out at a spot, you know, not too far from, from where I live up in the, the woods. And he was out playing his guitar in the back bed of his truck. And he would get, he started to hear it calling. And it, you know, he'd hear it and kind of stop and listen and play a bit more. And then it would continue, but it kept sounding like it was getting closer. So he's like, screwed him out, got in his truck and drove away. But before he did that, he actually recorded the call. And he's sort of seen them, you know, drinking in, in, in streams and lakes, et cetera, and that kind of thing. And it was pretty neat to hear someone's first hand accounts of see, actually seeing one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do if I ran into one. Like we, we did three different hunts. Uh, Bigfoot hunts and we didn't we didn't actually see anything we just heard like the knocks so it would have been cool to have actually seen it but they're supposed to be much smarter than us and better at hiding <laughs> you know in their own environment <laughs> than we are at finding them so I, probably it should be no surprise that we didn't actually catch one on film what i find really interesting too about bigfoot um especially here i mean he's been sighted all over north america mm -hmm. you know I mean, everywhere from like up in Canada all the way down to where I am in Alabama and Florida, you know. And, and they're different depending on which part of the North America you're looking, right? Like yes. They're supposed to even look different and they have different temperaments. Um, and such. So I was talking with Ken, Ken Gerhardt, who's like a cryptozoologist and, and author, and he's just, yeah, he's come up with a whole many different ideas about just, yeah, the, the diversity amongst this species. 
you know, like there's white haired ones and the ones on the East coast are supposed to be more red hair. And if you're up in the Pacific Northwest and in British Columbia, where I am, they're more like dark haired, you know, um, some are really tall and big, some are more lanky and shorter. It's, it's fascinating um, just how much, well, just what people are seeing mm-hmm. and how related, but not related it is. Right. Like just how diverse this creature is, if it truly does exist. Right. Right. Like, like down here where I live, it would be considered a skunk ape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it tend to be uh, not the same height, but more lanky. You know? Yes. N- not as, um, you know, built, not as husky. Yeah, where the ones like sort of up in the Pacific Northwest are definitely huskier, right? Like no neck right. and just big, very ape-like that, that way. Right. And, and it makes sense because of the environment. Like up there, they have better food sources. And, there's, and they have probably more fur because of the cold weather. Down here, it's hot. So, so they'd be bigger, the glankier and, you know, lighter fur. And yeah, and I think, isn't the skunk ape even supposed to be a little more aggressive? They say it is. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, the, I talked to a guy. Um, I, I talked to a guy who, who knows a guy. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, got some really good thermal footage of a skunk ape. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, the, the, and the footage was on um, on Finding Bigfoot. Okay, yeah. Actually, too. Um, and it, it's really good footage. I, I mean, I'd have to say it's probably maybe like my second favorite to uh, other than the Patterson footage. Okay. What is it? I've, you know, I have to admit, I haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> what does it show? I, I, like, how does, how do they show it? Like, what, it, it's a know? thermal and you can really see this, see it clearly in the thermal. Yeah. I like the shape you know, of it. That, that is bipedal. You can see the size of it. Uh, you can, you know, you see it squatting down and standing up and hiding back and forth behind a tree. That's so cool. So, and like the whole behavior of it and the size, it was pretty cool. You can see the length of the arms. Like, that's one of the things too, like, like, like to me anyway, that makes the Patterson footage, you know? So, um, I think it's authentic. It's simply I mean, the, the length of the arms mm-hmm. and the way it moves. It just, it, it couldn't have been faked at that time. Well, it, 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 and I, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's funny how people like to kind of go and, and talk about well, how it has to be faked and it's a person in a suit. It, it, it sure looks convincing to me, you know, from <laughs> watching it. And like you said, it was, what, the 60s, 50s? Yeah. 60s. Yeah, I mean, it, we just didn't have the wherewithal, you know, like if movies couldn't create a better special effect, you know what I mean? Like at the time, how could a bunch of guys just go and fake it out in the woods? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it surprises me just the unwillingness you know what I mean? That people have about yeah. just like not wanting to accept that this could be possible. And also it's female. Like how, how many, how, how many female gorilla suits have you seen? <laughs> None. <laughs> All my years. <laughs> Me either. I've never no one's seen any. boobs on a gorilla suit. You know what I mean? Yep. That you could buy. I, I mean, I've seen, you know, regular gorilla suits, but I've never seen a female gorilla suit. Never ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if there's just not a demand for them or, or what, but no, I, I find that interesting. I'm going to have to go on and watch that finding Bigfoot because I really want to see that footage now. I mean, I've watched, I love to watch that kind of stuff. Like I've watched, you know, the, on the trail of Bigfoot, mm-hmm. the two parts. And, and I think I've even seen that guy, that, that Tom guy's film that we were talking about earlier that he did on, on Bigfoot. He did a documentary as well. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, a friend of mine also has a, it's not a documentary, but he made like, you know, it's, it's a fictional movie. Okay. It's called Path of the Beast. Path of the Beast. Yeah. His name is Justin Snyder. Interesting. And it's sort of like a, like a horror film kind of idea or? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's about a, a guy um, and his girlfriend go out into the woods and, and, and Bigfoot basically comes and takes his girlfriend away. Okay. And, um, and he has, he's wrestling with like addiction issues and stuff like that. And he decides he's going to go out into the woods and he's going to kill Bigfoot. Oh, interesting. Interesting. It's kind of, um, what was it? Big legend. Did you ever see that one? No, I didn't see that one. That was a good one too. And it's see a guy when he and his, his fiance are out in the woods and she disappears and he kind of goes back to find what's going on. Um, and it's a good, it's out on Amazon, uh, prime. Mm. And it's it's pretty cool too. It's probably one of the better Bigfoot movies because there's a whole bunch of bad ones. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good one. Um, but I'll have to check that out. Path of the Beast because I'll just watch any any Bigfoot movie just to see it. Yeah, um, it's been he's been under underserved by Hollywood, I think, um, as a legitimate monster. Right. He's definitely has made a lot of appearances lately in commercials, though. Yeah, yeah. I, like every, everybody's using Bigfoot in their commercials now. Oh yeah, and he, he's popular again. Like all this stuff seems to really be coming back into vogue as a pop culture thing. Like there's more of those paranormal documentary shows on the air than I think there's ever been. Um, oh it's yeah, it's like the Travel Channel. Is travel now. Channel. That's all it is, <laughs> right? Uh, which is interesting because it's supposed to be about traveling. Whatever. Um, but it's just, it's so popular. Again, horror movies are big again. I don't know if it's just because of the state of the world and now people are just so wanting more than just, because let's face it, reality is pretty dismal right now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. people want something more. And I think it's, people are pausing and questioning more about our, our reality. You know, I think even in this year alone, like there've been more, like UFO sightings have gone up by 20%. You know, I think people are reporting more often that their house is haunted or that they've seen spirits maybe because they're home more often. I don't know. But I think it's very much the paranormal is really in vogue right now, um, which is great you know, for, for people like us <laughs> yeah. who are interested in like to talk about it and, and, and write things and make shows about it. So, so uh, how about UFOs? You've seen any UFOs? I am so sad to say I have never once in my life seen a legitimate UFO. I've not had one experience. I mean, I'd love to. I know people who have. Mm -hmm. uh, the closest, my son and I were out in the backyard and we saw this, this light going through the sky and we filmed it, but we were able to look it up and it was the International Space Station passing by. Yeah. But I was like, man, <laughs> that would have been cool if it would have yeah, happened. Yeah. When they go in that straight tra tra trajectory, you yeah. know, we can see, you know, it's probably a satellite or something. Cause it's, something I, like I can, like when I lived in New Jersey, I couldn't really see the sky. So. <laughs> well, no, I guess not. Like where well, we are, you can. And but we saw this thing, and it was it was at sunset, so it wasn't dark yet, right? So it was really, and it it looked like it was moving down instead of across. Uh huh. Uh, so that's what threw us. But it was just the way that the the space station was sort of passing by at the angle that it was at. Um, I know nearby where I live, we've actually in the last month we've had a couple different sightings come up in areas around where I live. Um, people not being able to figure out what it was. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting. I, you know, and there's, there's lots in the press right now about UFOs, especially that uh, the U.S. has kind of taken their, created their new task force to look into it. Um, I think, I think, wouldn't it be neat if we're close to when there's finally full disclosure about it? <laughs> like, it would be. I mean, yeah. like, I don't know how it is in Canada. Like, 
I know like other countries are not as uptight as the United States are. You well, yeah, no, we're, we're pretty loose here that way. <laughs> like, but the Canadian government doesn't seem to be paying attention, unfortunately, at the U.S. government. And China, Japan right now has apparently made it a priority to, to look into UFO phenomenon, which I think is great. And like a lot of the, like the South American countries, too, they, uh, I mean, they've, they've always investigated it and always admitted that they were there and that they didn't know what it was. Yeah, and it's interesting that the U.S. government wouldn't, but I think so much of when it really took off in the U.S. was also the Cold War. And I think there was a lot of what the UFOs that people were seeing was, you know, the Russians actually spying on us, and then we spied on the Russians. You know, and there's all the testing of the aircraft at the time. So I think that's why the government really pushed to not talk about it at that point. And then they just kind of stuck to their guns. Um, it's just that the rest of the world was actually kind of like, no, we don't know what this is. It's not us, right? Uh-huh. That, to me, that makes sense. That's just from the research I've done into it. Because um, I've been, in fact, like I said, even though I haven't seen one, I'm fascinated by the idea. Of, yeah, um, I've, never, I've never seen one either, but I would love to. I think it would be great. And I think there's another bit, right? Like when you look at UFO descriptions through time, like back in, you know, in, like I said, biblical times, they're talking about chariots of the gods. You know, they actually, there's, there's like chariots literally flying. And then in Victorian times, they, they saw UFOs as being these, you know, Zeppelin-like airships. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me. But now it looks like stealth bombers, and it's almost like that. What's make, what makes me think there's something more to it than maybe just spacemen? But you know, it could be like a dimensional thing because it's like almost like adapting to our perceptions of what things are. Right? Like back in the days when people rode chariots, sure, we'll look like a chariot. And then back when they had more blimps, it will make it look like blimps. Now, all oh, they got pretty cool planes now so we'll make our ufos look like planes and look more high tech i think i don't know if it's literally like beings from space but something else interacting Mm. with us you know and then it kind of you can work in the whole bigfoot ufo theory where people have seen bigfoot get beamed up into ufos or the tracks literally just sort of disappear halfway across a yard in the snow there's nowhere Uh for it to go well did it get did it get beamed up or pop into a different dimensional doorway i you know it's kind of out there stuff and i hate trying to explain unknowns with another unknown but there just seems to be mounting evidence to suggest that maybe they are interconnected and all kind of one phenomena. Kind of like when I was a kid, there's a $6 million man episode with Bigfoot and he lives in a flying saucer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that episode. Oh my God. And when I was a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. The $6 million man got to fight Bigfoot. The spinny tunnel thing. I remember going to Universal Studios on the the ride and going through that tunnel uh, that they built specifically for that. Yeah, that was great. Um, I was going to say, uh, oh, well, on the topic of UFOs, um, what do you think of uh, Bob Lazar? Have you seen the new documentary with him? The new one? The one with Jerry Corbell? I haven't. I, I, I hate to admit I haven't seen the brand new one. Um, there's also the, pheno- there's the, one, the Phenomenon. Um, there's two. There's the Phenomenon and then there's um, the unex- Unexplained. Well, this was just called Bob Lazar. Just Bob Lazar, yeah. No, I haven't seen that one. Then. And it's on, um, it's on Netflix now. And it's, it's really good because it, um, you know, a lot of people discredited Bob Lazar, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, and when he comes back and does this interview, a lot of what he said back then has turned out to be true. What kind of things they specifically touch on? Like, in the, um, the like one of the things he talks about is going into Groom Lake and he had this device that he would put his hand in with these things that pop up 
and it was, it was, it was, it was read his handprint and let him in. Oh, cool. And, and, and now that's been proven to be true. Um, the other thing that's been proven to be true is uh, he said that these crafts ran on something called Element 115, okay. which at the time was not on a periodic table, which now is on a periodic yeah. table. Yeah, interesting. And, and a whole bunch of other, other strange things. And then while he was doing this interview, he got raided by the FBI. Oh, no way. Like actually while doing it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's wild <laughs> so, yeah it's really good obviously <laughs> they didn't want him to talk about that <laughs> uh, you know I think what came up was um, I think the reason they rated him is because for some reason they believed that he had taken some of this element 115 okay and um, I mean he doesn't say if he did or didn't you know that's left up to us to decide, I guess, if he yeah. might have. Or, but or but I think if he did, he's not going to keep it in his house. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what this stuff actually does or how stable or unstable it is or whatever, right? Like, Yeah. And that's what, one of the things, too, about the 115 is just because we're, we're, we're able to make it, but we're not able to stabilize it. So when we create element 115 it only lasts for like a nanosecond and then it's gone now why do they why do they think that these ships run on that like what where is this is that just what bob lazar came up with um i i think because um you know i i it, it must have some type of um it is it, it, with that element it's able to it's not, it's not nuclear. It's like it, it's able to warp gravity. Yeah, I'm just sort of doing a quick read on it right, right here. So I guess it has like a real high mass density that, that, that bends gravity. Yeah, it's a synthetic chemical element. Um, interesting. And then a whole bunch of stuff I don't understand. You need to be a physicist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's crazy. But I mean, man, it's really in 2003 is when they first really dis discovered it. Radioactive synthetic element about which little is known. It's classified as a metal. Mm -hmm. and is expected to be a so solid at room temperature. And it decays, decays quickly into other elements. Interesting. Yeah, so they're not able to like make a solid out of it yet. That that, that sustainable stays. But but apparently on the ship, the he the aliens found a way to do it and used it to bend gravity. Okay. So 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 rather than um, using a propulsion like you know like a jet propulsion or you know like you know a plane that uses air, um, th this just bends gravity that's why it doesn't make any sound and the crafts can do like all these um you know insane erratic type of maneuvers yeah and just sort of suddenly just be there and then gone like mm -hmm. she's rocking up or across yeah that's interesting stuff man it's a it's a bit out of my pay grade but it's fascinating how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you know and just what they can do and where are they from it's i don't know it's uh I, it's interesting the theory you know we came from them you know there's some people do believe that that oh, know, the ancient alien stuff yeah. yeah and i mean that kind of makes sense especially like a lot of our religions talk about a heaven above right <laughs> like you know like it's we came from the stars maybe and or a colony i don't know 
Yeah, I, I mean, that that's like a whole another can of worms too, you know, because there's so many, you know, like when I was a kid, we were sort of taught evolution and Darwinism and stuff like that. But there's too many missing parts to it. And now they've discovered too many other types of humans, ancient humans, for it to really make a lot of sense. You know, well, like just the Hobbit people they've discovered and you know, all these different um, human hominid species that, that didn't, they didn't know before. Well, that's right. And when kind of the, you know, Darwinism really came up, it's like any bit of science, they kind of know a bit and they can talk about it. Um, and then we learn more and you kind of adjust the theories. There just seems to be within the scientific community an unwillingness to want to change certain things. You know what I mean? Or, or, or update that information to suit something different. Um, and I, I think that's why so much of science, mainstream science, doesn't want to look into what we're interested in here. You know, with paranormal well, and, I, I and all think- that stuff. Yeah, I think there's a problem with the scientific method in general because, you know, science always tries to prove or disprove a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. So it's already going in with some type of predisposition of whether it's going to be this or it's not going to be this. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't take into account, you know, the infinite of other possibilities that could exist. You know, it's just... You know what I mean? It, it, it's very um, dualistic. It, it is, and, and, it, and they always want to be able to have it something that can be tested in a controlled environment, right? And, and none of this stuff, obviously, can be tested in a controlled environment right now. Um, no. But, but you can't deny but, but at the same time, you can't deny it, does, it exists. I mean, it exists. It happens. It happens to thousands of people and has millions of people, really. Yeah, you know, since since as long as uh, humans have been able to communicate, there's a, a book called "The Occult" by Colin Wilson, where he looked into it, um, and it he talked about faculty X, which was our ability to perceive all this stuff. And when we were out in the wild, you know, way back, didn't have you know organized communities really or cities or anything. We were very much in tune with all of this paranormal stuff for lack of a better word and we're well aware of it and just sort of as we left the woods and started having more communities and building cities and all that we just started to tune it out because there's just so much more noise we created a society that had to be structured that needed currency that had to, you know the machine had to keep moving so most people aren't even paying attention they're just so locked into you wake up you go to work you come back you know what i mean but there yes. are i guess Still people now, like who maybe are a little more in tune with faculty acts, and they're the ones that are seeing and experiencing this stuff. Um, so I think part of the problem that's happened is, is just our society has just got to a point where we're too busy with our little rats in a maze lifestyle that we're just not in tune with it. And then when it does happen to some people, they just, that just rocks their world too much. <laughs> they don't want don't to see it, right? Because, oh, there's something else going on here. Um, yeah. I was... I was lucky enough to be on uh, Midnight FM about a month ago, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on before me, which I thought was kind of <laughs> cool. So I was just listening, right? I was listening in on it, and at the end, it came up like the, the paranormal, and he was kind of disappointed it hadn't come up sooner because he wanted to talk about it. Um, but he he just to to kind of Cliff's Notes version, he thought it was good that there are people who are looking into it because right now. The scientists, we, they believe that they pretty much have figured everything out, really. 
And he would just think it'd be so cool if, if someone could go and just prove that there's more. You know what I mean? He just let that. So he was, even though he's Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's still open-minded and wanting there to kind of be something else out there. So I think that was that gives me a little bit of hope, right? If someone like him who's high profile yeah. say something like that, I think that's yeah. Cool. That's, that's one of the things I like about him is that he is open, mm-hmm. and, and, and so is uh, um, Michio Kaku. Mm-hmm. If I said it right, I always I'm not sure. I couldn't. I, you did better than I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but he's also pretty open about you know um, the existence of aliens and them actually visiting the planet and stuff like that. Well, I think because there's, like you say, there, there is enough out there to really support the idea, the theory that there is something going on, right? Like we're, right. we're talking about it right now because we've had our own experiences of it. And it's, there's, you know, so much, I hate throwing around the word evidence because it sounds like something you could submit in a court of law, but there's enough validity <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to all of it. You know, enough things going on that have validated people's experiences that it's, you can't, I don't think you can't ignore it. And I think it's only a matter of time the mainstream science does start looking into it. Yeah, it has to, you know, and I do, I, I like that word evidence because when people are, are, you know, like they'll be like, oh, what do you mean? You actually believe in like a Bigfoot? And I'm like, well, yeah, because there's evidence. You got the footsteps, yeah. got like the film, like, you've got, you know, pictures and stuff and the calls, the sounds, right? Like it's all, yeah. there's all. It's just thousands of years of, people talk reports yeah so you so you can't like to me to dismiss it seems foolish yeah i i think like i know is in the field of paranormal investigation all of us like to be skeptical and to be skeptics about it but we like to think of ourselves as open-minded skeptics uh because i think if you're just suddenly if you're like yep it's real you know 100 real all the time uh-huh. it's as dangerous as not believing in it you know what I mean? Like you kind of got a question and we do that when we are on investigations, we question every experience we have just so that we can take a good hard look at it and then rule everything else out. And when we can do that and say, okay, but this is still left over. All right. We can actually consider that as evidence because every other possibility has been removed. Right. And yet we do that with every little thing that happens within the course of even of a single investigation. Cause we've had people in the team that don't last very long because everything is, is paranormal. Everything that happened. <laughs> And it's just like, well, no, 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 no. You got to like, think about that for a second. You know, like, was there a draft? You know, was that, you know, was there a spike in EMF? Was there, Mm -hmm. you know, someone else hanging around messing with you? Like, you just got to look at every other possibility first. But uh, so I think you don't want to be a complete 100% believer, but I think to to disbelieve in it is a mistake too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done like a lot of, like some of the things that I would find when I was doing investigations, one is finding poor wiring. <laughs> yes, that's a big you know, one. <laughs> it, I mean, especially in the older houses, you know, you walk into like a certain room and it starts going crazy and you hold up to a light fixture. It's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? that's a big one. Bad, and, bad and another one is, is plumbing. <laughs> yeah, and mold and carbon monoxide and, yeah. you know, all this other stuff. Um, and, and the other thing that... that that always bothers me sometimes when I was investigating is people taking still photos and calling everything an orb. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't even think you can look count, even count orbs anymore as, as, as in anything <laughs> because it's usually just dust motes, right? Like, yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> you can't say it's an actual orb, <laughs> you know? Yeah. E- even in video, like people are like, Oh, look at this 
you know, or moving in different directions and it looks intelligent. And I'm like, you know, I mean, it's air, airflow has, you know, just because just it's not going straight, but air doesn't go straight. No, it moves, right? Yeah, and it moves oh, I, back I, and forth. And up and down. And if you open a door, it's going to affect how the airflow is going to be. Like it's, yeah. yeah I, I don't, we don't look at orbs. Um, with much seriousness <laughs> at all <laughs> in, in what we do. Or, or, or people will take a picture and, and zoom into it so much that it becomes pixelated. Oh, yeah. And, and say and something. That doesn't count. No, you can't do that. Um, and it's like the cell phone video that's supposed to look, when it looks really shaky, so you can't really make out what's happening. Well, I've tried to duplicate that, and every cell phone I've had is nowhere near as shaky as the stuff that shows up on these sites saying, I've caught a UFO, but the camera's shaky. But if you look real close, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I can't recreate that. <laughs> that shakiness with the, the phone. They've got such good stabilizing technology in these phones now. So, it, you know, you got, then, you, then you, when you see people post videos like that, and like you said, the heavy pixelated picture, that doesn't help those no. of us who are taking this seriously and trying to do serious investigations. Yeah. Yeah. Hoaxers suck. They do. And it makes it hard. Like, you know, with the videos and you know, there's technology now that they can use with video. It's, you know, and then where the camera's set up just perfectly, you know what I mean? To catch mm -hmm. something, even though it's supposed to be a randomly set up security camera. I, I just, yeah, it makes it really hard. The internet, you know, nowadays with the technology has made it really hard uh, I think harder for us as investigators to be taken seriously and what we do catch on film to be taken seriously because people just now dismiss it because there's been so many hoaxes, um, especially I think in the last 10 years, it seems just getting more and more so. Yeah. Yeah. People have figured out all different ways of doing it. The other thing I also never trust is when somebody takes a picture or shoots a video through a window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah. Because uh, just the reflection of light. <laughs> well, there's, there's a great UFO shot in New York, which was literally just the lamp in the window. You know what I mean? But they took the picture through it, and just the way that the light was going through the lamp and reflected on the screen. And I was like, wow, if that was real, that would have been like on every news broadcast ever. Right. This thing was freaking huge <laughs> if it was true. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when you first see it, it's like, holy cow. And then they show the full picture, right? But they just. Uh huh. The people only put up the one, so just the way that the light was reflected out of the lampshade it, on the window, it looked like a big ass UFO. Yeah, in New York. Like, like I'll say, my, my my favorite UFO evidence is the Phoenix lights. Oh yes, so that's, because that's because it was, it was photographed by so many people from mm -hmm. so many different angles. And then there's video footage too of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All you can tell that the cameras are all going at the same time. You know, this is yeah, no, that's that's very compelling stuff. Um, yeah, and the new stuff that they've been showing from the fighter jet footage. Uh huh. Oh yeah, the stuff from well the Nemitz. Yeah, that's pretty interesting stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a good one. Uh, I was surprised. Like, I'm, I'm curious to why the Navy released that. Though, you know, I, I think there's. It sounded too like just because even the pilots and stuff were going on and talking about it. I think if you've seen something like that. Like, how could you not talk about it? You know what I mean? It would be mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, holy crap, this is really happening. You know, it's like, you know, I, it's one of the reasons why I kept pursuing 
paranormal investigation and, you know, and, and wanting and now coming out and talking about it. Cause if you have these things happen, you want to tell somebody like, it's like, no dude, this really happened. And it happened to me and the world, people need to know about that. And I think it's, it's good that these guys are coming forward and saying something. And I'm glad the Navy's not denying it anymore. Just be, and just because you're saying it's a UFO doesn't mean it's for spaceship. Right. It's an unidentified flying object. It could be who knows what. So I think there's been kind of that stigma has been removed too. Um, it just now suggests that it could be something that could be proven to be who knows what, but it, it you know, doesn't mean it's aliens. Yeah. Well, if it, if it belongs to another country like Russia or China, then we could be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they'd be a bit ahead of us in the arms race if that was a possibility. <laughs> right. And that right. was the whole cold war thing in the fifties and sixties like, that they were trying to outdo each other. And you were seeing these craft that could do all this crazy stuff um you know and same like the stealth bomber coming out right so who knows but it's interesting and i'm glad it's out there and i'm glad that people are taking it with less of a grain of salt and a little more seriously yeah yeah me too um what do you think of the dog man well i think dog it just nicely fits into the whole cryptid bigfoot thing right mm -hmm. like it's just it's another it's another species of whatever the heck that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even start hearing about dog man until I started doing this podcast. Well, it seems relatively new, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Really. Like, I mean, uh, I guess it's been around and I just never heard of it. Same. You know, I, I really heard of it when I was, I read the book uh, beyond the fray Bigfoot. So when I first sort of really read anything about dog man, but yeah, it's been, it's been around. It's it's like a dog on two legs running around. Um, which it almost then makes you, like, I always then think Wolfman, right? Like mm -hmm. it's kind of like one step removed from that. But I mean, if people are seeing it, there's something to it. People are seeing it and with frequency and it definitely seems to be more in rural areas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I interviewed somebody who, who saw a dog man in Mississippi. Yeah. And, uh, and he said it was the most terrifying thing he ever experienced. I can imagine, like, it's a dog. It, and apparently yeah. they're, they're, they're way more aggressive than, like, a Bigfoot. Kind of like, well, they're just, they're, they're more prone to attack, right? Yeah, the, or, yeah. yeah, they like to chase cars. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very dog-like. <laughs> you know, yeah. Then. Um, but I, I think that would be terrifying. I mean, dogs can kind of be intimidating anyways, right? Because of their size, just their size when they're on all fours. We so get some mm -hmm. human size, like a dog behaving like that. I wouldn't want to run into it. That's but what I find is. interesting, though, is that it's new, you know? So I wonder if dog man is the result of um, some type of genetic experiment or genetic mutation, you know, with the government messing around with the genome. Maybe. And, it and got maybe out. it got out and found a way to reproduce. The Huda, maybe. I mean, you know, like it sounds like something out of a horror movie, but I mean, it's, it's why not? Because we know that the government messes with stuff, right? And yeah. genetics and all that. And why not? It could, maybe it is. Because um, I, I, I can't see something like that being an accident of nature does that make sense yes to, to, i mean you can look at bigfoot and they've been seeing bigfoot since the dawn of time basically or since men you know our version of people really started to show up 
Um, so the missing link thing makes sense, but people haven't been seeing dogmen back in medieval times. You know what I mean? Medieval mm-hmm. times and up through frontier days and all that kind of stuff. So if it's only really within the last few years, then who's to say that that isn't a, a really good hypothesis for how they came about? Yeah, that's one. I mean, I, I guess another one would be uh, a multidimensional creature that somehow has found a way to pop into our dimension. Well, and that's, yeah, because uh, have you ever read the book that Hunt for the Skinwalker? No, but I've seen um, quite a few uh, shows and movies on the Skinwalker. Yeah, because they talked about stuff like that coming through these doorways, right? Mm-hmm. These doorways would open and something like that would crawl out. That was kind of a weird humanoidish monster thing. Um, and what I thought was neat is that they had these guys with PhDs seeing it and they were videotaping it so they could see it and report it that way. But the video footage would always turn out poor. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you just see this orange blob of light. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, if these guys are sort of thinking about interdimensional beings as a possibility, then why not? Right. Right. I just don't want to go to dimension filled with dogmen. It's <laughs> 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 like, no thanks. <laughs> so, so you want to bypass the dogman dimension? <laughs> I will bypass it. I'd rather go to the cow level like in Doom. You know what I mean? Like the, the dogman dimension. I just, I, yeah. <laughs> um, what about crop circles? Well, I think crop circles to me, I, I see that. I know, and I know there's been many that have been proven to be hoaxes, but uh, I see that as something very much in line. You know, there's those the big, hiero, uh, they're not hieroglyphics, but they're, they're like these lines down in, in the South. The Nazca South lines? Yes. I see them as like that. I mean, someone put them there that you can only really make sense of it from above, right? Mm-hmm. So I see it as a, as a definitely some form of communication with who knows what <laughs> the, the people in the space, you know, the ships, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't dismiss them. I know that there have been some that have been hoaxes. Of course there is with, with all this stuff, there's hoaxes, right? There's no way around that. No. And kudos to those guys who can make something like that. Good for you. You know, I think that's, I couldn't, <laughs> um, but there's been enough again of, of stuff that they haven't been able to prove as a hoax. And that has been legitimately big and that have just appeared overnight that yeah that's got to be there's something to that definitely and i i just think it's it's beings communicating somehow yeah it's it's interesting other like-minded people i um interviewed somebody um who visited a crop circle near near stonehenge okay and and she went into the crop circle and uh then she was unconscious like she passed out for like two hours really and when she came to, you know, after a couple of days, um, she started um, getting communications from uh, these Syrian light beings. Syrian? Yeah. Okay. And, um, it, you know, it just, it's just like it, it tunes her into like a different frequency, basically, her consciousness. That's interesting to to communicate with these multidimensional beings. So so like I, I think like maybe maybe that's what they are for. You know maybe they um like like tune people's brains to a different frequency possibly. You know through maybe it's like some kind of combination of geometry and magnetism. Maybe I mean like it's like the ley lines, right? 
yeah those, those lines of power that people can tap into that do all sorts of interesting stuff um yeah i i i because i mean i've never experienced something like that i, I know something that i find interesting is, is uh fear frequency that it's a decibel it's a sound below 20 megahertz or something like that that people can't hear but what it causes in people is fear um and anxiety and stress and stuff like that and that's one thing that they, they tap into as like a, as an actual logical explanation for some paranormal activity especially that sense of dread that you get sometimes in places that uh -huh. it's just we're hearing a frequency that we can't hear but that's how it affects us so who's to say i mean you have people that can do remote viewing and and, and all that kind of stuff that, you, that the person's brain can't do that our brains we're using what like 30 percent of our brain capacity yes so why like not <laughs> but there's a being that's absolutely that's obviously way smarter than us right they can mm -hmm. cross a dimensional portal or travel from another planet why couldn't they do that create something that would manipulate that brain pattern yeah like or, or, or like you know i i think too the idea that our brain stores information might be a false belief you know I, like in what way just that it stores because stuff. because you can take out part of the brain Mm -hmm. And it will rewire itself to go back and have your memories back. Okay. So, so to me, that tells me that, that the, our, our knowledge, our memories are not necessarily stored in our brain, you know, and that maybe the brain acts more as a receiver rather than a hard drive. We, we don't know, right? That makes sense. You know, and it's just, we're just picking up the information from somewhere else. Yeah. And, and, and that, that ties into electromagnetic energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that we are made of. So maybe the, the, there's a cloud for all of us in terms of where our brain memory goes, right? And mm -hmm. brain capacity comes from. Um, so, so what's in this book that you have coming out? What's the book? Well, it's something, the, the book is called um, I Want to Believe, One Man's Journey into the Paranormal. And basically it's the, based on... I've written about Peter Wren, who's the president of Vancouver Paranormal's experiences as a paranormal investigator, because he's been doing this for 27 years all over mm -hmm. the planet. Um, and he's had, obviously, if you do anything 27 years, you have a lot of cool stories to tell and experiences to have. So it's basically just talking about him and how he got into the interest in the paranormal. And he's had stuff happen since he was born, basically, and how it led him on this path to investigate the paranormal. And so I go over some of the big cases that he's had and the experiences that he had. And it kind of culminates at the very end with him and I going off on our, our, our event, We Want to Believe venture, which is the YouTube show that we do for Joe Blow Horror Videos. Mm -hmm. um, and it's got some cool stuff, like, because Peter's, you know, he's investigated in England, like he's investigated Warwick Castle and the London Dungeon. He's been on Australia and done Fremantle Prison. Um, he's investigated numerous uh, hauntings over here in Canada. He's, he's an investigator for uh, ordained exorcist in Washington state. So you know what I mean? Like he's done stuff. And yeah. He's done it all. <laughs> he's done it all. Right. Which is cool. And so it made for really interesting reading, I think. And I mean, and I'm a journalist. I'm a, I, I know I've wrote newspapers for 10 years. So to write a book for me, I thought was exciting, especially to be able to write about his adventures. Cause he and I have worked closely together for three years now. Um, and it came about, we were on into the fray uh, with Shannon Legros talking about our, our, our show we want to believe when it first premiered back in may and he was telling some of his stories and you know shannon's like that'd make a really good book peter you should write one one day and in my head i'm like i could totally write that like, <laughs> it's just in the back of my mind so i talked to peter about it and kind of convinced him that was a good idea and then i talked to shannon because 
uh, she and G. Michael Hopf have started Beyond the Fray Publishing. So they were interested in it uh, right from the get-go. So we wrote it up and made some polishes and they sent some notes and we sent the draft manuscript back. And just the other day we signed contracts to actually get it published. So sometime in the next year, it'll come out and we're working oh. on edits and cover design right now. Hmm. Maybe you could get him to come on. I'd love to have both of on at the he, same time. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, he, uh, he works for government <laughs> so mm -hmm. during the day. He's not always available, but I, I think it'd be great to have him on. Yeah. The two of us, it would be, it would be awesome. And even just see if he'd even just come on and talk to you. Cause he's got so much cool stuff to talk about. I, I think that he would come on closer to when the book's ready to come out. I think would be a great idea. Yeah. I would I love to have suggesting that that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'll still be at this. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> if you're able to crank out how many a week? Ten, you were telling me before we went yeah, I, I record ten, but I only probably release... I, I release one a day, so I probably release about seven a week, record ten. Wow. Um, I bank some episodes in case I have you know a slow week where I can't get guests. Yep, or you... you get sick or whatever right yeah like, or i get sick or or like where i'm at i keep getting hit by hurricanes <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool to record a podcast in a hurricane though <laughs> I, I have oh, okay there you go <laughs> Back, during um hurricane sally i had to record one at somebody else's house because oh no way. electricity <laughs> i admire your dedication to your craft sir <laughs> that's fantastic gotta do what we gotta do <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really like an interesting. It's a great book, and, and Peter sounds like a really interesting guy. He he um, is he is, and his approach I really appreciate because he too like that's he has that healthy skepticism, right? But he's had enough happen that he he knows there's something going on. So right. He, he tries to look at each one scientific each event and case scientifically. Um, so I've learned a lot working with him, definitely. So I, I know I, I'm sort of erratic in my interview tonight about all, right. <laughs> all these different things. Um, but what is it that you, uh, I mean, what, it, what belief do you personally lean towards? Or, or do you lean towards all possibilities? Um, I'm kind of like, it's, 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 that's a, it's a tough question to answer. <laughs> I, I definitely... Like I know, like I'm not like I'm not like a Christian. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I'm more spiritual. I, I guess. Me too. You know, closest I'd have to any kind of religion would be Buddhism, maybe. Me uh, too. <laughs> uh, which I, th I just found to me, I like that because it's kind of more about you and how you relate to the world around you and the energy. And that's kind of where I keep coming back to like, the, to the energy of life in the world, right? Right. So I look at it. Well, one thing Peter and I just the time I've worked with him, we just figure we're beings made up of energy. And when we die, it has to go somewhere. And that's what people are experiencing is that energy, right? right. And how it's interacting with the world. And so when you get like your, your intelligent haunting, it's just that, that energy interacting with you in an intelligent way. And then you're getting the residual kind of haunting. It's literally just that moment in time because of the trauma involved has imprinted. And it's just like a tape we're playing over and over and over again. Hmm. But the same time, so that's kind of where I, you know, maybe the scientific mind in me, okay. analytical mind kind of goes toward. But at the same time, I like Kiel's multiverse ultra being theory that all these things we're experiencing are all interrelated somehow and all very natural. Just, we haven't figured it out yet. Um, mm -hmm. But what, what's a Bigfoot is also a UFO, is also a dog man, is also, you know what I mean? Right. And it's just them 
interacting with us for what purpose, who knows, but you know, I really like that. And I'm kind of, when I was reading the Mothman prophecies and they don't touch on it so much in the film, but when I was reading the book and he kind of explains it, which is way better than I could explain it. I'm just like, yeah, I can, I can kind of see that too. You know what I mean? It makes sense to me. So I kind of lean to two, but I, I do like when it comes to the, the subject of ghosts, I really like the electromagnetic imprinting idea. It, to me, that just makes sense, uh-huh. just, especially from what I've experienced and seen. Um, do you have a specific model, like universe model that you would go by, like a parallel universe model or a holographic universe model or a combination of the two? Or do you just, you know, believe in um, like a physical type of model? Uh, well, I've seen enough weird stuff that the physical one doesn't always stick. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I definitely... I think would lean to the parallel universe model. I, I think that's a great way too of explaining, excuse me, feelings of deja vu. Cause who's to say the you in on earth 94 didn't do that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know I, we, yeah, we, we all can kind of feel what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. think, and and like I said, science is actually sh- right now showing that there, that there are parallel universes out there and string theory. And you know what I mean? And time, like they're just starting to really play around with that. And, find you know good evidence like scientific evidence to support it so i think definitely the the par- the the, def- the parallel universe idea really works and the whole idea that time is not as linear as we think it is no uh, ta- i think time is definitely not linear no it's not yeah. uh, it, it, there's been so there's, and, uh, there, i've just experienced stuff that i can't explain where it's just like that ah, doesn't make sense you know what i mean like, yeah yeah i i think we just perceive it in linear fashion because of our um, our perception and our consciousness just operates at such a slow speed. It creates yes. the illusion of time. I, I agree. It's just we, we're still poo-throwing apes, right? So <laughs> really, we are. And we're, we stopped evolving at the Industrial Revolution. So like, I think um, that's just the only way that our minds can handle it right now. <laughs> but like you say, so, someone being able to tap in and speak to some saying that she can speak to some being from a different dimension shows that that possibility is there and that time isn't linear. Right. Me. And, and what do you think about like uh, mediums and, you know, people that can communicate with spirits and um, why don't you use them in your investigations? Because the majority of them are crackpots who are, especially if they're charging you money. Uh-huh. Uh, I just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And there's too many tricks, you know, of doing a mirror read, you know, and there's just too much, too much opportunity for you to get hoaxed. Basically. I, I don't think very many of the people that do that. And same with Peter, that very many of the people that allege to be these psychics and mediums are, are very, are out there. They're out there for their own gain. Um, and they just are, are tricking people to make a profit. There are a few we've, we work with one and a couple in particular who, uh, I've seen it who, be, who, who de- legitimately seem like they know what they're doing and are actually really tapping into something. Yes. Um, we just don't want to rely on that uh, as a way to investigate. So we, we would investigate first before bringing one in. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, we don't want what they say. You know, and it's true that you, you do a walkthrough with them and it's like what you see on TV and they'll say all this stuff, but we don't want to hear that first. We'd rather go and do our thing. Okay, this is what we've found and then see how the, the psychic medium, what they say relates to what we've found. 
And this one in particular named Jen, she's been really bang on with what we found. So we believe that her abilities are there, but we just don't want what she's saying to influence the rest of us when we're investigating, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. 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 <clears throat> Again, like, like that's that flaw. It's a scientific theory. You know, you, as soon as you're going in looking for something specific, chances are you're going to find it. Well, exactly. And if you bring in someone who says they're psychic and they start talking about this stuff, you're automatically programming your brain to look for it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you're almost creating that reality. That's right. So, and I mean, and, and it's, you've got enough stacked against you as a paranormal investigator because you're going into a place where people are saying these things are happening. So you've already got that power of suggestion in your brain, right? Like this place <laughs> is probably haunted and I am going to see a ghost, you know? And so you, you kind of look for it. So you've really got to, like I've mentioned a couple of times, you got to have that healthy skepticism to stop you from being duped by your own preconceived notion of what you're going in to investigate. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. Totally. Um, you know, I've, I've interviewed quite a few psychic mediums and, uh, you know, and I'll say I'm skeptical about some of them. And, and then some, you know, they, they've kind of proven themselves to me. Yeah. And I think that you, you got to do that, right? They kind of, I think they have to prove it, that they know what they're doing. Cause there's so many that just are, they, they, no one try, questions them. You know what I mean? And if you're a grieving person and you're, you know, you want to say one last farewell to your, your loved one, you're going to be very susceptible to what some con artist is going to tell you. Right. Especially if they're charging you a hundred bucks. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, and I just, I just find that reprehensible that people do that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I interviewed somebody, his name was Richard Ireland. Okay. And, and he actually has an organization that tests mediums, like basically verifies mediums. Okay. And so, so he has like this, you know, I don't know how he tested, but he has like a way of like figuring out like what he calls like a good hit and a bad hit. Yes. Mediums. And then he'll like compare the same person's reading with different mediums. There's all this stuff, all this research with them, which is really kind of interesting. And then, you know, he has a list of like, which ones are really legit, you know? And and it's funny because a lot of those don't even, some of his legit ones that are, are the best ones don't even charge. Well, you shouldn't. And that's sort of something. And same with like a, you know, the paranormal investigation group. Like if you're someone, you think your house is haunted. The first thing you should do if someone says, well, you got to pay this much is don't, don't bring them into your home. Like people that do it should be doing it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, for the, the willingness to want to help people understand what's going on. Like, yeah. Same with a psychic. Yeah. Why do you need the money? Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or even like, like uh, this is kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of venting, but <laughs> on this, <laughs> go but, ahead. And but I, I had um, asked Deepak Chopra to come on my podcast. Okay. He, he wanted to charge me. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't. No. I'm Deepak, like, shame on you. Dude, <laughs> you're a billionaire. <laughs> I'm a what poor you, podcaster. What do you need my 50 bucks for? Come on. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I, I always have, a, when I do another show, which is like a film review show, and we bring guests in from the film industry, and like I've never paid, nor will I ever pay, to have a, a celebrity come on, because what do they need the money for? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that, to me, like, like, like in a case like with him, to me, it totally de- de- legitimized everything he's about. 
It would too. I'm actually kind of disappointed to hear that. You, you know, know I, mean? I was like, you know, here, here's the guy who's kind of putting himself in the same league as like Ram Das and you know Alan Watts and and all these great people. And he's asking me for cash. Can I ask how much he wanted? I'm just curious. He didn't ask for a specific. He at this is the way he phrased it. He goes, um, "What type of honorarium?" Are you going oh. to offer? <laughs> so I I told him that he my I said you know my honorarium would be that you could come on my show talk about whatever you like promote whatever you want and um, in return you know you get to promote your stuff to my listeners and uh, you'll get like um, many blessings yeah exactly and mutually um, beneficial experience pal and uh, <laughs> that wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's ridiculous well i'm glad you didn't have him on then <laughs> yeah screw that guy and as soon as someone says honorarium that just sounds expensive to me yeah right it's not just a fee but it sounds expensive yeah yeah like like, like these like, like you know if you're familiar with the buddhist tradition people will will give sometimes to the monks and stuff, you know, whatever yeah. they can. But but the monks don't ever ask for something specific. You know, a lot of times they're they're happy with the, you know, some good tidings and whatever. Yeah. You know, a or, or a chance to right? a chance to <laughs> a chance to share their teachings to a group of people. Yeah. That and that should be and that's enough for any Buddhist, right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah no i i agree i i i i am disappointed to hear that someone of his stature wanted an honorarium to <laughs> talk about his stuff that's no but yeah yeah it, it, i just feel that way sort of about all that though all spiritual sort of things yeah i, I do too it's it's it, and that's a simple theory like if anyone's listening and and they, they're thinking of they they want to talk to a psychic like if they're charging you don't go there <laughs> if you want to if you go and you like what you've heard you want to give them something cool <laughs> but you know it, that's up to you i think the person who wants to have the reading done yeah not the other way around exactly like i read tarot cards and i never charge you know? yeah i have a friend who's really good with them same thing he never charges anything the only time i charged is when i did it like at the paranormal thing and it went to the charities. <laughs> and that's fine. That, and that's, again, you're raising money for like Vancouver paranormal do kind of public investigations and you pay X number of money to take part in it, but all the money goes towards cancer research. Yeah. It's raised, right? Like, and we don't do it all every time. It's just once in a while as a mm -hmm. fundraiser um, with a place that, you know, is willing to have us do that. And it looks good for the place that's willing to have us do that. Cause then they're supporting a charity. Um, that's a good way to open doors to certain places to investigate too, but it's, yeah, no, like, a, yeah, no ghost agency should be charging money to inve investigate your home. Yeah. Like, we didn't charge either. We were just yeah, honored to I, be there. You know? Yeah. We were just, yeah. Right. Like we're going to one next week and we're excited because we haven't done a residential in a while. <laughs> like, it's like, sweet. They want to stay in their house. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's fun. It is. Yeah. It's definitely fun. Yeah. Um, so where can my listeners find you? Well, um, I, the Vancouver Paranormal is on Facebook. Uh, there's also, they also have a website, uh, vancouverparanormal.com. Uh, the show that I do, We Want to Believe, is, avail is also 
on Facebook as we want to believe the series. Uh, and you can find our episodes at Joe Blow Horror Videos. You can, if, even if you Google, we want to believe Joe mm-hmm. Blow, that'll come up as well. And then I have another site, uh, wecamefromthebasement.com, uh, which is a movie show. And we also put paranormal content up on there as well. Okay. If you would like, um, email me all those links. Sure. And I can post them in the notes of this show for my listeners. Absolutely. I can definitely do that. Yeah. I mean, the definitely. show will probably be out in about a week from, this, from today. So That's what you're that. figuring, eh? Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, when it's up, could you just let me know? Like, of course. I'll, I'll email you that morning. Absolutely. You'll get, get an email up. at like six in the morning. Sweet. <laughs> the whole bunch of links and asking you to share them all over town. And I will. And I, and I, and I always do. I know what it's like, right? Like it's, yeah, no, it, it's, it's my pleasure to share it out as much as possible. And, you know, I thank you for the opportunity to come on and talk about this subject matter. Um, you're welcome anytime. And uh, definitely, you know, you and Peter too. Yeah, um, I, he would love I'd it. love to have both of you on at the same time. Yeah, you don't even have to wait for the book to come out. I mean, I'm going to start booking soon for December and January. So, okay. You know, well, I think that'd be great. Talk to Michelle and maybe she could hook that up. Absolutely. I'll definitely do that. And I'll, I'll talk to Peter and find out. It'd have to be evening because he works, I think, till about four yeah. or five. Yeah, I work too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. So I think that would be, I'm lucky I work from home. <laughs> I'm just going to do whatever, everything from home, but uh, yeah, he'd he'd be all over that. He loves to come on and, and talk about it. Obviously, uh, that'd be great. Stories to tell. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on and have a. Well, I guess it's nighttime there now, right? It is. Yeah, it's six thirty. So, what time is it there? It is eight thirty. Okay, so you got your you got two hours ahead. I can never I never remember where the time but, shift goes to three. But the time <laughs> changes in a couple of days. <laughs> Right. So it'll be later. Stupid time change. <laughs> I know. We were on the cusp of stopping that here where I live in British Columbia and then COVID hit and everyone just got focused on that. So understandably so. <laughs> yeah. I hope to get rid of it here too. I, it just drives me nuts. Like, why do I want less daylight? <laughs> well, yeah. Just leave it as it is right now all year round. Yeah. The farming's not as big. I don't know. I yeah, we're not, again, we're poo-throwing apes still. So. <laughs> we haven't figured out that it's not necessary anymore. <laughs> We've always done it this way. Why would we change anything? Right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Have a, well, have a good night. Have a great you evening. Too. You too. It's Thanks. been a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. And it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.